0: Welcome to The Well Podcast, a safe place to find health and wholeness for your body, mind, and heart. My name is Kari Davis. After being widowed at 38 with three little kids and now blending our family with a man that made my heart come back to life, I know that it is hard to calm the chaos through life's ups and downs. If you are lost in the overwhelm of motherhood, if you're trying to be mindful of true self-care again, or if you need to find simple ways to detox your life, mind, and home, come to The Well our online wellness collaborative of coaches where you can find restoration through natural wellness, inner healing, and faith that brings freedom to your heart. In the Bible, the woman at the well went to the well for water, but when Jesus showed up with truth and healing, she got living water. Grab your bucket, a cup will not do, and join me at the well. It's time to refill, reset, and restore. Today on the Well Podcast is a really special guest, Stephanie Fusnick, and I found her looking for hormone health and weight loss and paramenopause. And so many of you have been asking me about it. And I was just did a quick little podcast search. And once I started hearing her talk, I kept feeling like, yes, 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 yes. And so um, I wanted to make this happen for, your, for us listeners today, because Stephanie, you are we're aligned. (laughs) I really appreciate how clear your message is. And just so many things that I have experienced in time of extreme grief and high, high stress. And then also now in my mid 40s, I just really relate to what you're going to have for the audience today. So introduce yourself, tell us where you are
1: Yeah, totally. So I'm from Canada. I'm in Regina, Saskatchewan, which is a small city in the middle of the prairies in Canada. So it's really hot in the summer and really freaking cold in the winter time. Um, I got into nutrition coaching when I started personal training back in like 2012. Um, So I've been in the field for quite a long time. I worked in the health region as an exercise therapist. I had my own clinic. I'm helped manage the personal training department um, for a gym here in the city. I, yeah opened my own clinic and had massage therapist and exercise therapist but nutrition was always something I did on the side and the more that I worked with clients and the more I worked alongside like other team members like dietitians and like physiotherapists and doctors and all those kinds of things um the more I realized there was a lot of things that just weren't working anymore. so we'd have clients that were like 300 pounds, 250 pounds like have been overweight for a very long time are eating 1200 calories. They're fasting. They're doing a ton of exercise. They're doing all these things and like nothing's working yet. We keep telling them to do the same thing over and over and over and give them appetite suppressants and nothing is changing. So it's clearly not the solution. So I was like, okay, what's going on? So really deep dived into like metabolism and how that actually works that changed everything for me. Then I started working with a ton of women who were going through perimenopause and menopause and hormonal symptoms and issues, PCOS, thyroid things. And it's a whole different ball game when we start looking at hormones, particularly as they start to fluctuate once you pass that reproductive prime, totally different story. So what you were doing before to lose weight just isn't going to work anymore. Um, but we keep trying to work harder at what we were doing before and not getting anything out of it. So I was like, okay, enough was enough. We're gonna solve this problem.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, well, and I so appreciate it. I was just uh, sharing with you that since the company that I'm with, DoTerra Essential Oils, has launched a metabolic line, it's not a weight loss line, but it helps balance blood sugars. And this is something I have always worked out Mm -hmm. my entire, I mean, my entire adult life. But since 45, um, just to give you a little backstory, maybe that you can relate to give me some free coaching here today. No. Um, (laughs) when I got COVID, um, I had a lot of anxiety, high, high stress, got pregnant at 44 Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and had a miscarriage. And ever since then, I just between the hormones and the inflammation of having COVID, I have not been the same. So anything that I have done, I do so much. I'm a, I'm a mindset and health and wellness coach, the stuff that I do for my cortisol level and for lowering stress, but everything is just different. And so I so appreciate you really zeroing in on perimenopause. I still get very regular periods. I am not, um, obviously just got pregnant uh, two years ago. Um, but I know that things are very different. I'll be 46 in a month. Right. Yeah. So why did you, why did you get such a heart for women of this age? Um, just because you were seeing that, that nothing was working for them. And
1: yeah. So I'm like, I'm an empath at heart. Um, <laughs> it's, it's tough for me to like not help people to be honest, but like just the stories you would hear um, particularly around like lots of healthcare stuff, like just your concerns being completely shluffed off. Like, oh, that's just how it is now. Oh, what you got to do. It's a part of aging. I'm just going to be fat forever now. Like I literally had someone message me this morning saying, went to my doctor and he told me I'm just going to be fat for the rest of my life. And I got to deal with that. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? But like that is, <laughs> are you like, what? Like to have your genuine health concerns and your mental health and everything completely just like, eh, that's just how it is. I was like, that is not good enough. Like that is not good you are supposed to be enjoying your life and not just like surviving through it Or people are like, okay, I just got to like get through these 10 years of hot flashes. I'm like, are you 10 years? Like you want to just get through it for 10 years? Life is short. Like let's no. Um, so like for me, it was just like people's concerns or voices not being heard and like advocated for, and like, you don't understand your bodies so and you hate your bodies. You're like, what's wrong with me. I don't understand. Like, I just, I'm not confident. I hate myself. I don't get what's going on. I'm doing everything right. And nothing is working. Of course, you're going to have like feelings of depression around that. Of course, you're going to have low self-worth and self-confidence because you don't genuinely actually understand what's going on in your body. Once you know what's going on, it's easier to give yourself grace and actually like focus on the process of healing and getting better and getting to a point where you can lose weight. Because like, again, that's not, weight loss isn't the issue like not being like fat gain isn't the issue that's a symptom of something else going on in your body but we only treat fat loss which is not the way to do it there's so many things that are like that's a side effect of something else going on so we need to deep dive into what's going on so we can address it but unfortunately most people you'll go to will just try and give you a pill but they're not the, but the problem's still going on underneath so it's going to keep keep building up building up building up so for me it was just like a, enough is enough let's like let's actually focus on improving health the right way. And like having people enjoy their life again and enjoy food. And like, that's really what it came down to is like, I just want people to be happy and healthy and enjoy their lives again and eat their carbs and not be afraid to have ice cream. And like, realize you can have all those things and still be healthy, still lose weight and like actually heal the problem from the inside out. Absolutely. See why
0: I was like, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> to you. So what are the biggest mistakes that you see women my age, a little bit older, what are the biggest mistakes that
1: you see us making besides the
0: loathing and the anger and the depression? Yeah. And the
1: frustration. It's just doing too much of the wrong stuff, doing too much cardio, doing too much exercise, not eating enough, not having enough carbs. Like people think like, okay, I've got to eat less, move more, eat less, move more. Cause that's what we've been told our entire life. But as estrogen and progesterone start to drop, which is naturally going to happen, like you can't completely negate that, but you can negate how quickly it drops or the crazy fluctuations you can experience by focusing on maintaining healthy body weight and cortisol control. That is like the King of absolutely everything. If your cortisol goes to crap, everything goes berserk because cortisol is like the puppeteer master. It controls everything in your body. It's going to influence your blood sugar control. It's going to influence your thyroid. It's going to influence your hormones, It's going to influence your gut health, Um, your blood sugar response, cortisol controls all of those things. So what happens when estrogen and progesterone go down is that cortisol kind of gets to make that worse. So when cortisol is high, we see that, like, it's going to drop progesterone very quickly. And that's typically the cause of like most times of the sudden excessive weight gain that comes on is that progesterone drops too quickly. Um, That leads to like fluid retention, weight gain. We're going to see lots of inflammation Um, again, weight loss, resistance, things like that. But if we can get cortisol to not make these highs really high and lows, really low and have these crazy fluctuations, your symptoms are going to be a lot less, And you're also going to be able to like sleep better, which is also going to help you make better food choices. You're going to have better energy. You're going to be able to be more present. Um, And it's going to help with your thyroid function, which is going to improve your metabolism. But what happens also is when estrogen goes down, we can't handle stress as well. Estrogen is kind of like the buffer. So when that goes down before we could handle like a nine out of 10 before cortisol kind of goes crazy and all these negative side effects start to happen. Now it might be a five out of 10. So before you could handle your Dog pooping on the floor, your kids driving you crazy, your spouse driving you crazy, your boss being a jerk, financial stress, not sleeping, cutting your carbs, cutting your calories, doing a ton (laughs) of exercise. You can handle it like pretty decently. Well, now estrogen drops. And now it's like, okay, I can handle five of those things before everything goes haywire. So it's really about like finding this balance and like, yes, you want to lose weight. That's what you really want to do. Sure. But this is where like moving less sometimes and doing the appropriate kind of exercise and eating more to help buffer that stress actually results in weight loss. I have terrible resilience when it comes to stress. I've been through too much in my life where my body's like, no, nah, we're done. Like you capped, you're done. So for me, like I increased my calories to 2,300 calories a day. I wasn't working out for three weeks and I lost like three or four pounds just by like being able for my body to recover, decrease that stress response, improve my digestion, decrease my inflammation. Like it was great. No more bloating. I feel awesome. And like going to the gym, I'm not pushing myself like I used to. I go maybe two to three times a week now. I'm not going crazy. Like, yes, you're trying to get strong and build muscle, but you don't need as much as you needed to before. Cause then it's just like negative in the tank. And it's going to, again, negatively infect all your hormones and everything. So like understanding that balance is so, so, so huge. And many women have been under eating for way too long. Like low calorie diets are 1600 calories or less where it's supposed to be like supervised. Most women are eating less than 1600 calories and have been doing so for more than three months at a time. So it's like the messaging has just done more harm than good. And now there's more emphasis on like good hormone health and things like that, but it's still, everyone's scared. Right. Cause like, how am I going to eat more and not gain weight? It just doesn't make sense to them. But like, we see it time and time again, you feel great. You lose weight. You enjoy your life. Weight comes off even more. You have more energy to actually like put on muscle and things like that. And just really understanding when estrogen and progesterone goes down, what that means for everything in your body. Cause it's very different. Now your struggles are going to be different.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> As my stomach growled, <laughs> because I have only had like a banana today. <laughs> <laughs> off to the races in the summer kids to camp checking my email box had two calls and there's a I mean that has been my issue I guess ever since I had kids um Mm -hmm. I would remember my breakfast at one o'clock in the afternoon and so really prioritizing self-care is what we talk about on the well podcast and this just Mm -hmm. ties in so so perfectly um so talk to me about intermittent fasting. I um, I just find it really interesting that it has gotten so as far as it's gotten. Now, I believe that breakfast means that you break your fast. We do fast. We all intermittent oh, yeah. fast, which is what I try to, to get out there. But not eating and um, going so long in the morning and in the day, um, I've studied autophagy. I understand that giving your digestive system a break is really, really important and that some people can do it well. But tell me what you think about it, because it is just, just—I, yes. my intuition just really... I I I just get a gut punch when I hear that people are not eating until
1: so late in the day. (laughs) Me too. Um, So for me, my first instinct or first response is I'm not in the business of people of telling people not to eat. Like that's super no. Like I'm I'm not doing that. Um, But there's a lot of things to really consider. Like can there be beneficial for some people short term? Sure, it could be great short term to help with like some insulin sensitivity in a very short amount of time. And then you go back to slowly eating normally. Sure. It can be great to like kickstart things a little bit, stuff like that. Long-term, I do not think it should be used. Um, There's a lot of things that we need to consider when we're talking about intermittent fasting. So what we want to think about here is cortisol. I'm always going to tie stuff back to cortisol levels are going to be highest in the morning and then they slowly taper down throughout the day. You go to bed and then you wake up Cortisol's high, but we want to bring cortisol down because we know if cortisol stays elevated, we're going to have, again, thyroid issues, blood sugar issues. So if you are not lowering your cortisol, um, first thing in the morning, it's just going to keep going up and up and up. And when cortisol is high, It's constantly what your body does. It's like, you're getting ready for fighting the bear, running away from the bear. That's literally the stress response. That's how your body kind of thinks of it. So when this is happening, cortisol is high. Your body's constantly dropping blood or sugar into your blood to help supply the energy to fight the bear, run away from the bear. So if you're fasting and cortisol goes up, you think you're doing better for your blood sugars, but over time, what's happening is your body's just constantly dumping sugar into your bloodstream. It has nowhere to go because you're not doing anything. We're stressed sitting at our desk. And then that's going to cause insulin to go up to try and get rid of those sugars. And they're constantly battling each other. Cortisol will always win. that can actually lead to insulin resistance, which people don't realize. Um, the other thing is protein. Oh my gosh. Protein is so important. We're supposed to be getting around like 0. 0.8 grams per pound of body weight. If you don't have breakfast, it is so hard to hit your protein goals. So for myself, I try to get around like 125 grams a day. If I don't get like 25 to 30 grams at breakfast, protein is so filling. Then I have two meals and maybe two snacks to like put 125 grams of protein in. That is a lot. That's like 30 to 40 grams of protein per snack and meal. That's crazy. Like it's super hard to reach your goals. Plus if you're already eating low calorie, again, you're taking out a meal. That's not good. So like you're just constantly putting yourself in the state of flight or fight or flight all of the time. And like, that's just, again, going to cause so many negative side effects. So intermittent fasting can be good for some people. It is not my first approach for anyone ever, particularly if you're already not eating enough, if you're working out in a fasted state and in perimenopause, also not a good idea. When estrogen goes down, we have such a hard time accessing energy stores. So you're actually getting a lot less out of your workout because you're not actually able to get enough energy to push yourself hard enough to see like you're missing out on a huge potential of like muscle mass and looking toned and fit that way. So for me, like fasting just has, there's so many cons to it. In my opinion, um, plus like negative, um, relationship with food and learning how to eat like, cause basically if you just tell someone to fast, like I can eat whatever I want, as long as it's in this window, that's not true. Like you want to pay attention to what those foods are doing, your blood sugar, the order that you're eating in that kind of stuff. And it's just, if you already are someone who struggles with a binge restrict kind of relationship with food, it's just going to further do that for you. Cause then what do you do if you overeat? Oh, I'll just like fast for longer. No, like that's, you don't learn anything from that. All you've learned is somehow eating, not eating before noon is somehow supposed to make me fit, skinny, look differently. No, like, it's just, it's not, and it's a hard thing to come by. People are going to be really aggressive and be like, it changed my life. Awesome. You are a very small group of people that it may have actually worked for. And again, if you are someone who's yo-yo dieted, had a lot of trauma, have a lot of stress, are super active, have had a history of like eating disorders, have a high stress lifestyle, go, go, go. Fasting is not going to help you because your cortisol levels are already going to be so high. It's the last thing you need.
0: Right. Well, and I think that it's advocated by a lot of men and we are different as women we're just 100% different. We are we are different and I just long term I have seen very few people do it in a healthy way and it actually work um long term. That being said, we do fast. We all do yeah. it. <laughs> Unless you are eating all night long <laughs> in your sleep, yeah. you are also fasting and that's the way our bodies were designed. And so um yeah, so I yeah, I just appreciate you talking about it. Um so cortisol definitely is the hardest thing for losing weight. I remember um 2015 I was in a time of intense grief, was very very stressed, and that was the first time that I have ever experienced that that just my body just held on to weight like crazy. I was clenching my teeth in the night. I mean my my stress level was through the roof. Um and I think it's such good news that I think lowering your cortisol is something fun. It's, it's, oh man, it's it elicits the road to self-care and to um obviously I think using essential oils that literally lower your cortisol level um on a cellular level. But what what things do you do to encourage women to lower their cortisol stress hormone?
1: Yeah, so there's like so many things that you can do, honestly, like so many, but the number one thing that you can do is eat enough food. Honestly, as soon as you start eating enough, your energy is going to improve. You are going to find that you sleep a lot better because if we're in a constant state of like deprivation and like fight or flight, your body is constantly on defense. So the way I like to describe it is like, imagine if you were actively thinking of preparing for an apocalypse every second of every day, you're not sleeping. You're like nervous. Something's going to happen. Like you genuinely do not feel safe. That's what you're doing to your body when you're not eating enough food. So you're constantly just like on defense, afraid, nervous. So you're not sleeping well, you're tossing and turning, you're having hormonal symptoms. Like you're not going to do well in the gym. In fact, that's going to be detrimental for you. Like you're going to have symptoms of like anxiety, depression, brain fog, irritability, no libido, like all of those things is like your body is just literally trying to survive. So eating enough food is so, 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 so important. Like I went through a time, like my mom passed a little over a year ago now and like leading like for that whole time, like the past year and a half, I just went to my first fat loss phase after a year and a half of eating at 2200 to 2400 calories. I was only able to be in a fat loss phase for six weeks. I didn't go any lower than 1700 calories. Like that was the lowest I went down to. I lost about a pound, and a pound, and a half to uh, over the course of a week. Then I had some extra stress come up. I had to come out of it. And like, now I'm just eating more, focusing on de-stressing and now my weight's coming back down again. So it's like really understanding how that plays a role with your body and like what you specifically need. Cause everyone is going to be different,
0: mm-hmm. but like
1: eating enough food. Eating enough carbohydrates, focusing on your sleep and recovery. This is huge. So, one of the best things you can do is actually have a bedtime snack, which people like are floored. They're like, You're telling me to eat after 8 p.m.? Like, Yeah, yeah, I am. And it's something we do with all of our clients, and they are shocked at how much better they sleep. You have a carb before bed, not fruit because I digest too quickly, but something with a little bit more fiber. So, it can be like oatmeal with some protein powder. You can have some yogurt with some protein powder and granola. You can have like protein balls. You can have toast and peanut butter. You can have toast and an egg, have some popcorn and a turkey pepperoni stick, like pair some fat or protein with a carb. It only has to be like 200 calories to 300 calories ish for a snack, like an hour before you go to bed. That's going to bring your cortisol levels down your sleepy hormone, melatonin, making it easier for you to fall asleep and stay asleep. Do this for like two weeks. I promise you like it will do wonders for you, but if you're still under eating, that's going to be a problem. Like you're still not going to get the full benefits of it, but like eat enough, have a bedtime snack, focus on sleeping, de-stressing, like going for a walk. You don't have to kill yourself in the gym all the time to see change. Um, can it help? Yes. You want to maintain muscle mass, but you don't have to go every day. You can go two to three days a week, full body, do like four exercises. That's it. You'll be fine. This is where like figuring out that less is more. And then figuring out what of the stuff you have to do more will like honestly change things for you. Um, it can be so, so scary, but this is where like reaching out and figuring out like, where should my calories actually be out? Like we do that for free for people all the time. You just message us and we'll like take your full history, figure out what you've been through, what you're doing right now, how long you need to do this for like eating more is so exciting. You get to enjoy time with your family, enjoy food, you like get to see all, like feel all these changes and you get to start seeing all these changes. And it's amazing. Like it just, you have to trust it and like take your time um, because it is going to be scary and challenging, especially if you've been eat less, move more for a very long time and always prioritizing other people, prioritizing them, right? Like prioritize our spouses, our kids, we're taking care of sick parents. Like it's tough. So you you gotta make time for you, which is easier said than done.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And sometimes I just think that we lose our minds. I mean, truly like forget what we know. Mm -hmm. Um, The healthiest that I have ever been was right before this. And I was, I was eating, I was eating so much. I, and I have never, ever been healthier. I was feeling amazing. And then you just hear these gurus. I think, especially if you're in the health and wellness space, you just get so much messaging Pumping at you, and I start to think like, well, what's wrong with me that that doesn't work? What they're saying,
1: yeah, it's just it's not a, yeah, it's not an individualized like approach half the time, right? Like that's the issue. Like right. we tell people all the time, it's like we fit the program to fit you, not force you to fit into like these specific guidelines. Like yes, there's like a general outline, but like specifically, it's going to depend on so many things and also what you like what you enjoy what your lifestyle is like like yeah. those things all matter all matter yeah.
0: absolutely um so i loved your episode um coach beth is she another one of the coaches yes um, she's
1: one of my like originals i love her very much
0: <laughs> she was so articulate i really really liked her so go listen to that episode i will link it in the show notes um but i have i am not a weight loss coach Um, but I am just passionate. I mean, obviously if people come for coaching for grief or for taking care of themselves again, for productivity or even business, weight loss comes up with all women. So I just think anyone in the wellness space, we need to know the basics. And I think that the scale is, I loved how you guys handled your episode about the scale. Because it was like, it's a metric, you know? I don't also like when people say, I just never get on it, I don't wanna know. I think that it's, it's, a, it's a metric, but I loved all of the other things that you said and the things that will change it and how much inflammation will change it, how much water you've had. It's just so common sense and it's just common sense, but we've gotten so twisted around in our minds. And even the coaches that say that they're against diet culture play into diet culture. It's it's so silly. Um, So should we expect to be a different number? You guys said something really interesting. You said your dream body is probably not going to be the number that you think it should be. yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like for myself, I was like, 125 baby. That's the number. And I'm just like freaking hilarious. I ever thought that, that was what like the body that I wanted to have like a nice, butt, nice arms, like whatever, like there's no way I could look that way and weigh 125 pounds. Like I'm like anywhere from like right now where my maintenance is after like going through everything is around like 139 to 143, 144, 145, depending on a multitude of things. Because again, it's like, if you're more stressed, you're gonna have more cortisol. You're gonna have more inflammation. If you slept crappy the night before, scale's gonna be a little bit higher. If you're dehydrated, it'll be a teeny bit lower. If you're drinking more water than usual, it'll be higher. If you add more carbs than usual, it's gonna be a little bit more water because to digest carbs, you need more water. So while it's digesting more water in your body, if you worked out more inflammation and fluid retention than the day before, because of micro tearing, that's normal. Like you're constipated, just got more poop in you. That's literally what it is. Like there's where you are in your cycle. There's so many things that influence the scale. So Mm -hmm. focusing on trends long-term is 100% the way to go focus on how clothes are fitting, how you're feeling, take measurements instead, because sometimes like we can't really tell, take your photos. Like that's the best way to notice. And like, it's just a number, just like clothing is just a number. Like I went to Hawaii back in March. I was a little bit heavier than like where I would typically like to be. And, uh, I was like, Oh, my shorts are all tight. So I literally just went and bought the exact same shorts in one size up. Guess what? No one asked me what size my pants were. Nobody like, I felt great. Cause there wasn't like fabric digging into my hips. It was fine. Like you just obsess over this number that literally means nothing. Like I can hop on a scale, weigh myself, chug a bunch of water, hop back on. Now I'm heavier. Should I be upset? No, that's crazy, but that's literally what you're doing every single morning. So it's right. like, just it's just a number. Like I have done it so many times. Where I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh man, I look great today. And then I hop on the scale. I'm like, what the heck? I'm two pounds heavier. Screw this. I'm upset. Today's the worst day ever. And I'm like, literally 30 seconds ago, I told myself I looked amazing. Yep. What the heck? Like that's insane. <laughs> yeah.
0: It it is it. Well, and it's um, I think gaining. Honestly, overnight after this whole debacle, I gained 10 to 15 pounds, depending on, you know, the time. And it just, it did it. I've never weighed that much, not pregnant. And it, it really does mess with your head. Mm -hmm. Um, but I have been weight training more also this whole entire time too. So I don't know what my dream number is anymore. Do you know what I mean? And I don't know what was from a hormonal imbalance and kind of what I went through and what's perimenopause and what is working out and what is my age. And, but should you, you can't expect to be the number that you were in high school or. (laughs) Like
1: you can't, you can't. And honestly, I think having a number goal is like really setting yourself up for failure. Like, I think a better way is to like, focus on like inches, like inches around your waist or arm or whatever it is, focusing on pictures, focusing on lab results, like health-wise, because that's going to translate to a better body composition as well. Um, mm-hmm. focusing on strength goals in the gym, like those kinds of things are going to lead you to success way quicker than just like focusing on a number. Cause you might never get there. Like, wouldn't you rather see the scale say the same or be a little bit higher, but lose inches around your waist and feel confident in a bathing suit. I would, like who cares what that number says? It's just, it's just one piece of information that like, we're the ones that give it meaning. It literally means nothing. It's just gravitational pull. It doesn't tell you how much muscle mass you have, how much fat mass you have. Like maybe you have more hair on your head than you did before. Like, I don't, it could be so many things like so many the number. Yeah.
0: Well, and I want to normalize and make muscle. I mean, I am way stronger than I ever used to be. Um, I have a funny story. So I met my husband at 40. Um, Mm -hmm. We've been married for almost five years. And I remember we were just having a lot of fun. You know, we were dating, we were traveling, we were doing everything. And I had gained like a couple of pounds. And I said to him, I said something and I go, well, he goes, what do you want to look like? And I said, well, I've always felt best when I look almost like emaciated. (laughs) And he goes, you know, that's not what guys want, right? And I was like, no, I I go, you don't think like, he goes, a girl smiling and a girl that eats like guys, guys want a girl that eats and is like strong. Like it's, it's all messed up. And I don't think we're really back there. I was kind of joking, Mm -hmm. but if I was going to be honest, the times in my life where I was probably a little sickly thin was probably the times that I felt the best and that is not okay.
1: Mm -mm. No, I had, uh, I've had like a lot of issues with like body image and stuff in the past. Um, and like, for me, like being strong was like one of the best things that ever happened to me. And like, I still get uncomfortable when people comment on my body. They're like, if someone's like, you look fit. I'm like, great. If someone's like, you're super beautiful. I'm like, like, it's just, I don't know what it is, um Well, actually, I know what it is. It was like an experience I had in high school, and like I used to wear like sweatpants and a, like a like a hoodie. Like I didn't know how to do my hair or makeup. Like I was just super tomboy, whatever. And I once had a teacher tell my mom in parent-teacher interviews that I had to stop using my looks to get what I want, and I was so upset that like I started dressing even more conservatively, really focused on like my grades and stuff, which like I always did, but like to me, I'm like, I am more than my looks. Like do not just comment on that. So like, I remember working out in the gym one time and like this guy had been there for like a long time and I was benching and I hit like a goal that I was like aiming to get was like a plate on each side. I was so excited. And, uh, and he came up to me afterwards. He's like, you should be really proud of yourself. Like you were so dedicated and like, you are so strong now. Like I remember you a year ago, you've come so far in such a short amount of time. And that was like, the best compliment someone gave me like about my body, but not about my body. Like that was like a very big monumental, like moment for me, which is like wild.
0: (laughs) Well, exactly. And I, I just think that, um, I just really love what, what you're saying and how you say it, because it's really refreshing. And in this, you know, Instagram, perfect highlight, real world, it's, It's really, really necessary because when you think about whoever you're comparing yourself to, it's not real and it doesn't mean that it's healthy. So how can we connect with you and your team?
1: Yeah. So you can follow my Instagram is vitalityoet.stephanie. We do have a website as well, www.vitality-oet.com. Um, And then we also have a Facebook community where we do webinars every single week on different hormone related things, fitness, nutrition, you name it. Basically, we ask you guys what you want us to talk about and we talk about it and we do guides every week as well. And that Facebook group is called Metabolism and Menopause by Vitality. And that's also the name of our podcast is the Metabolism and Menopause podcast. So there's lots of ways to find me.
0: (laughs) Yes, definitely go listen to the podcast and it's, it's just perfect I could find you easily. Great job on your branding.
1: Thank Um, you.
0: (laughs) I just, I love when it's clear and concise and to the point. And I just really appreciate what you're doing for women. And maybe we will have you on again. We could talk all day.
1: Yeah. There's so many things I could talk about. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, Stephanie. You're welcome. Thank you.
0: I hope that you are feeling refilled after being at the well podcast please take a second and fill out a review. This is the only way that we know if you're enjoying the podcast and what you're enjoying about it. Also subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes and we would love to have you in our Facebook community group. The link is in each episode. We are better together at the well.